Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. No, no, no. It is me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. I am unsure about who is actually hosting this podcast with me today. If you have been a longtime listener of Higher Learning, you have probably noticed that in the past week or so, Van's attire, his demeanor, his whole vibe has completely shifted. It's gradually changed, but on us with the podcast today is somebody I don't recognize. I don't recognize the beanie pulled over one eye. I don't recognize the shake. I don't recognize the dicky shirt. I don't recognize the chain with the white tee. I mean, Van, what's happening to you in Chicago? Chicago, like, Chicago it turns is, you inside out. <laughs> oh, I, like, Chicago is great. Chicago is great. L- listen. You got an alter ego? Yeah. You have an alter ego in Chicago. What's his name? Willie. <laughs> I don't think any other name embodies this look. <laughs> maybe a name. Ralph maybe nah, a Ralph he's Willie Willie from over off 73rd that's who this is right now I was Willie Willie I got love man shout out to Chicago man shout out <laughs> shout out Parkway Gardens where we went shout out uh, Inglewood where we went man shout out today we was down there doing some great work shout out GLC shout out Larry Hoover Jr. Shout out Chicago King Dave. Shout out Inglewood Barbie. Shout out all the people in culture Chicago that I met, man. Shout out the whole crew. Shout out everybody that I met in my new adoptive home of Chicago. Chicago is the fucking shit. I love it here. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to Uncle Rock. Shout out to everybody that I met in Chicago, man. Let me tell you something. My name is Willie. Willie. I'm over off 73rd. That's who I am, you know? I eat Uncle Remus chicken. I eat Harold's fried chicken. I eat a pizza puff. You know what I mean? Like these it's are the things. Puff. This is this is the stuff that that I've been learning. I've been look. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Man, you're a tourist. Whatever. By the way, this is these are not touristy areas that I've been to. See, these are. You know how I know that you don't really tap in because the areas that I just named, tourists wouldn't go. Like they might go to see the the Van, the, the I've been road. to Chicago yeah. several times. Yeah, but have you been to the Chicago West that side, I've been to? I've been in South Side. Have you been to I'm the Chicago even, I've been to that Willie I has been to? I might not have been with the people that you've been with, but I've definitely been to the side of Chicago. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I just I just Rachel I just, ran Rachel ran in a different circle when she lived in Milwaukee. I just I just hit I just hit Chicago there. King Dave. He said he don't know you. I don't know King Dave. That's fine. It's not who I was with. Oh, you you was probably with another nigga named David. You probably, you know what? I did, you probably did savage the blocks in Chicago. I could see you hanging out, being like a like a uh, Sasha Obama type, you know, that gets down with the thugs, <laughs> even though her dad like that's just like you, you, you were the original Sasha. Did Obama. we did not confirm that that was her in the picture? <laughs> that was her nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was definitely her, and that was you. Then that was me. It was that was you. Like Bring. one o'clock in the morning. Rachel, what? What? What are you? What are you, Khalil? What are you calling about? What is this, Rachel? Yo, Khalil. I, like Rachel, seriously, man. Yo, I need your dad's help. He's not even supposed to know that we're talking. Like I need your dad's help. And then you did. You helped him. 
That actually problems? has hap- happened a few of times. And I actually happened. did call Your my dad. Dad is a judge. <laughs> nigga, actually, of course it mean, happened. But that doesn't mean that I was hanging around people who actually needed this help. We don't know that. Now that is that true? Absolutely. Of course it is. And I was Sasha in that picture, which is why. Of course it is. 100%. I can see you. I can see you. I can see you. I can see you right now. I can see you right now. Somebody like, hey, hey, pass it to Rachel. Rachel, like, get rid of that. You like wiping the prints off the gun. I've never gone that far. I have held money, but I've never gone that oh! far. I've never gone that far. Trap queen. I forgot how that shit goes. How's it go? How's trap queen go? No, I'd like to hear your version. Trap queen. Trap queen. Trap queen. Trap queen. Just trap queen. Donnie, please play the original. She my trap queen. Let her hit the window. We be coming up. Watch up for the She's a trap queen and I Oh, that's how it goes. Oh my bad. She's, she's a trap queen. I can't remember. I couldn't remember how it went. You know what? I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Rach. I didn't get I didn't I didn't really fall for the Fetty Wap face. Like I didn't Oh, I was so into I know it was Fetty Wap dope CD as hell. Was, yeah, yeah. That whole album. Was, oh, I it did, was like a summertime bop. I did fall for one. What was that one? I like that nigga. Shout out Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap, come back. You know what? I, I've decided to do something, though. Seriously, since I've been in Chicago, I've decided to do something. This is a serious What's thing. What's that? Okay, so... I talked to a gentleman in Chicago by the name of Pastor Corey Brooks, and I want to break this out, if it's okay. If it's okay. I don't want to make extra work, and I know we have to break out things that are more material to the podcast. I talked to a gentleman named Pastor Corey Brooks in Chicago. Spoke with Pastor Corey. Pastor Corey Brooks is one of the most amazing people I've talked to. Okay, If you guys know about some of the stuff that goes in Chicago... Uh, one of the most dangerous parts of the city is an area known as Parkway Gardens. It is called O-Block. Okay. Uh, O-Block is the the home to guys like King Vaughn. Chief Keith comes from O-Block. And they talk about how uh, bad and terrible O-Block is. Right. Uh, we talked to Pastor Corey Brooks. And he took us around O-Block. Everybody there loved him. He's the pastor of the area. Everybody there knew him. Uh, everybody there if there's one man that you are totally safe walking around that area in Chicago with, it's Pastor Corey Brooks. He has been staying on top of a proposed community center, staying on the roof across the street, across Martin Luther King Jr. As he raises money for the community center there, $35 million he wants to raise for a community center across the street from Parkway Gardens, right? So that he can get to the kids young and impart upon them the tools and the things that they'll need to maybe stop some of the violence that's going on in that area. There is what some people would say a pretty bitter gang war, turf war, beef, whatever you want to call it, between the place, between O'Block and a place called Tukaville that is literally blocks away from there. He wants to affect that whole area and stop that. Okay. He's raised about $11 million. This summer, I'm going to go back to Chicago and sleep on the roof with Pastor Corey. I'm going to do it uh, 
he's got guest tents up there. There are tents on top of the roof. I'm going to spend the night up on the roof with Pastor Corey. I'm going to talk to him. I'm gonna just, but, but this is the deal. What I'm calling on right now and what I fully expect to happen if I can leverage this and talk to enough people is I know who should give the rest of the money for the community center that Pastor Corey wants. I know who should wow. give the rest of the money. The record company should. Mm. The record companies that are putting out the music, okay, the record companies that are benefiting from the music that is absolutely the record companies that are benefiting off of the black death that is in some of these music in some of this music that is promoting it that is incentivizing it that is in some way uh packaging it for white kids in middle America and all over the place you owe it to the communities not just here but especially here when you talk about what's going on in Chicago especially what's going on in those areas on the south side of Chicago you owe it to those communities to be a part of the solution to those problems. I understand we've had the conversation about drill and I've talked about how I feel about the artists that are making drill and some of their responsibility. And that's an ongoing conversation. But at the same time, there is somebody profiting off of this death, right? There's somebody profiting off of the music. They're profiting off of beefs in the street that fuel the promotion of the music. So the reality is this man needs this money to build a community center. This man needs this money to build a place that people can go safely. I walked through Parkway Gardens with him safely. Cameras were everywhere safely. Nobody even had nobody even batted an eye at him. That's how much they love him. That's how much they love Pastor Corey Brooks. I've met amazing people here in Chicago. I told you about some of them. Chicago King Dave, Inglewood Barbie, Larry Hoover, GLC. This city is a Uncle Rock. This city is a city that is starving for solutions. And there are people in the city that are prepared to offer solutions and they need help. And the people that should fucking help them are the same people that buy yachts, the same people that buy fucking planes. The same people that buy fucking crazy expensive houses off of the music, off of the pain, off of the turmoil, off of the dysfunction of these people. I am right now asking, and that includes Spotify, by the way, that includes Spotify. There are ways to help. There are ways to help, and it has nothing to fucking do with social media. The man is on top of the fucking building trying to get the money to build the fucking center, and you know what? Y'all have hand, y'all have your hands in it. Y'all need to help him. Y'all need to help him because the creative genes that exist in these neighborhoods, and I'm going to stop. I'm sorry, Rachel. The creative genes that exist in these neighborhoods, they could be doing any type of music. Chicago birthed Kanye West. It, bought, it birthed Common. It birthed Crucial Conflict. It birthed Twister. It birthed The Brat. It birthed, birthed all types of people before Drill. So the type of music that's coming out of there is directly influenced by the conditions in the neighborhoods. And the music can change if the neighborhoods change. And these record companies need to do their part 
to change these neighborhoods or else they're just exploiting it. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. God damn it. I love well it. said. Well said. Listen, I love that. I love and I and I tease you about Chicago, but I but when you're meeting people like that and I and I hear how passionate you are and rightfully so, I get your love for Chicago. And I love that you're there wanting to make a difference while you're there too. Now, I'm not gonna go stay on the tent on the top of the roof in a tent. Yes, you are, you're coming. But <laughs> are we podcasting from a tent? We're gonna podcast. He's got a media tent. He's got a media tent. But I'd He's be got three more tents. than happy to support. And I actually I'd be down to podcast. I know. I know. Like it I'd like, totally be down to podcast. You know podcast. what the scariest I mean, part uh, the scariest part, I wasn't ever scared when I was, don't get me wrong, like, y'all, don't go walking around O-Block. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know what the scariest part was? It was it was getting on the roof for me. Because I, I felt completely Heights. at ease. Yeah, nigga. I had to get on like a fucking fork thing. Like a, you know, like one of those lifts. Yeah, forklift. Eh, you know, not not a forklift. Like, it's like a, it's oh. like a you know, it's like a lift. <laughs> It's not a forklift because a forklift has forks. This is like a lift, like a hydraulic lift. Like if you were lifting okay. up to like, I don't know, wash a window or do some shit. So I had to get on one of those. And you know, they're going to gain some weight. I'm like, yo, can this handle me? Does it, you, do, you, do you have Stop. the hydraulics necessary for this? Stop. Thickness. <laughs> we're taking a turn. Anyways, I think that's absolutely incredible what Pastor Corey Brooks is doing. It's amazing. He's great. I would like to have him on the and podcast. I love it. That's, that's okay. so true. Yes, we can have him on the podcast. Yes, we should do that. We should have something where at least once a month we're highlighting people in the community who are doing something. I got a couple of people I'd like to bring on as well. Let's go. Let's kick it off. Uh, did you see the conspiracy about the Deltas? The Deltas trying to take over the- I'm not uh, trying to handle handle like I'm not. Why? Yes, I saw it. You saw that? If you I guys don't it. know, uh, the latest- the latest conspiracy theory by the right is that the Deltas are trying to take over the world. Delta Sigma Theta is a Sigma, it's a secret society, and they're trying to take who, over the world. Who is this man? I don't know who that is. I just saw he's that tweet. Some, he's somebody in the in the GOP. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. some Republican from a county. And if he is representing your county, y'all ought to be embarrassed because this isn't the first time that he has said something that has been absolutely ludicrous and didn't make any sense. This guy's representing you. He is representing your community and he's a blithering idiot. Right. But let me just say this. If Ooh. Deltas did run this country. I was about to ask you. <laughs> how, how would things be different if the it Deltas ran America? Be a bad, well, first of all, let me tell you that Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated stands on a five-point thrust. And that includes economic development, professional and... Wait, not professional development. Economic development, <laughs> educational development, <laughs> international, international awareness and involvement, political awareness and involvement, and physical and mental health. Now, they don't just pick anybody to represent who they are. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. They don't pick just anybody. They pick the best and the greatest. When you have people like Loretta Lynch. Loretta Lynch. Keisha Lance Bottoms. Okay. Marsha Fudge. Marsha Joy Ann Reed. Ooh. And to name countless others. Angela Bassett. Cicely Tyson. You know, the list goes on and on and on of who represents. And Rachel Lindsay. You know, let me just throw Rachel my Lindsay. name in there. Let me just throw my name in there. Would it be a bad idea if Deltas ran the world? Absolutely not. Because we clearly know how to get things done and we know what we're doing. And we would make ludicrous comments like this, whoever this politician is. Doing Don't forget it, Omarosa. Why don't you let me name the Deltas? 
<laughs> Omarosa is not a Delta. I just threw, I just threw that in. I was um, like, I never heard that. I thought maybe she was honorary or something. But I wonder if if I, I bet you I bet I bet you one thing though. I bet you if Omarosa have tried to pledge Delta, what do you think Omarosa? Oh, Shirley Chisholm, Carol Mosley Braun. Wow! How come I didn't know that Shirley Chisholm was a Delta? Interesting. I did not know that Shirley Chisholm was a Delta. Um, look, I see right here on April 20, 2021, former executive director Jenny Harris and Arnett and her husband played a guilt plead guilty of federal court to embezzling more than $150,000 from Delta Sigma Theta. So you guys are ready to take over America. You got, you got, the, <laughs> got the white collar crimes. <laughs> got the white collar crimes. I'll tell you what, uh, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you know, I've been honest about my feelings about the sororities and the fact that I love the Deltas. Yeah, what's not to love? If the Deltas are taking over the world, then I think the world would be a better place. But I also think that like, you know, stupid people should shut the fuck up. Have Have you ever thought about if you had pledged what you would have pledged? No. Yeah, you never thought. Not really. You never said if I if I pledge, I think I'd see myself as a kappa. An omega you know, man, so an alpha it, man. It's, that, it's not that I didn't think about Sigma. pledging. I did, but I thought about different organizations. But I never thought. But I don't think I fit in with any of those. I don't think I. I don't think that there's one of them that I fit in with. They're different on every single campus, right? Well, on the, the campus, not that the I, ideals, but it's like you know who makes up the chapter. Yeah, on the campus that I was on, on Southern University's campus or Louisiana Tech's campus, I don't think I really fit in with any of them. Who but ran the yard? Who, nobody ran the yard. Nobody ran the yard. Not really. It's because I, I I tell you why at an HBCU, it's difficult to run the yard. Like it, to to me, like at a, at an HBCU, it's difficult to like the best parties were uh, uh, TJ and Mike had something called Perfect Ten. I think I told you this, and mm-hmm. the Perfect Ten party was. It, it started off as TJ, Mike, and Jeremy, and they were all tens on their lines, and it was an Alpha, a Kappa, and a Q. Those were the three and. They when they started throwing parties, because I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't really like going to like Kappa parties. I didn't like going to Omega parties because I'm in there trying to do my thing, and then all of a sudden <laughs> these niggas come through dancing in the middle of the party, fucking strolling, training or whatever or whatever. It is it, annoying. And it's like I don't and and the perfect ten party that never happened. That never happened because they were those three guys came together and like this is a party where you could just go have a good time and don't have to worry about you dancing with a girl all of a sudden some 300 pound nigga all muscle picks her up and puts her on her shoulders and she's like ah she came there for them not for me and so it was weird for me so uh <laughs> you know what I mean? all of a sudden you're drinking that goddamn punch you have you, they start dropping like flies which will get us to a drewski story <laughs> which right we'll on. get to uh, for those of for those of us who uh those of you who don't know what we're talking about look up strolling like hbcus strolling um strutting look yeah. look so you can understand get a reference maybe we'll put a little video up of what, what it is we're up. talking about and they do this and like you'll you'll be in the party and like all of a sudden they start like they start strolling around and like you're not in the stroll. You can't break the line. You can't, fights happen. Yeah, yeah. Fights happen to break like you can't break the line. So it's like, God damn, man. 
like I came in here to hear Get Low by the Yin Yang Twins. I didn't, and so I could dance on some girls to it. Not so that I could see you shimmy around the place. But the reason why nobody really ran the yard is because these organizations would get suspended left and right. Oh, and then, really? and then number two, it's just things were so tense. I would have to say that it would it would probably be between the Qs and the Kappas, but nobody really ran the yard on Southern's campus to me. Mm. The Deltas once pledged a line of 103 girls. Oh, it's HBCU. So like we there were seven on my line. We we don't we never have that many because yeah. we're at PWI. But crazy. Nice. Deltas ran the yard when I was there. Very nice. Okay. Uh we're going to start with the big deal of the day here on the other side of this break. And I am going to give you guys a trigger warning for this story. We are back in familiar territory, and it's territory that we all hate to be in. So on the other side of this break, the big deal of the day. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay. Um, the big deal of the day is the shooting of Patrick Yola. Uh, video show the fatal shooting of a Michigan man after a struggle during the traffic stop. Now, I would like to shout out a thought warrior that put this on my radar earlier this week and told me that Wednesday there would be a video that would be coming out that might uh, end in some very, very aggressive demonstrations over there in Michigan. Uh, it's in Grand Rapids is where this happened. I saw the video, and after I saw the video, after it came out on Wednesday, I was like, you are right. This is going to be one that is a big deal. Ben Crump is already involved. So police in Grand Rapids, Michigan, on Wednesday released several videos of an officer's encounter with Patrick Leolia earlier this month, including two that show the fatal shot during a struggle after a traffic shop, a traffic stop. Rachel, did you watch these videos? I watched it, but I didn't mean to watch it. Yes. Do you want me so what the video shows is just after 8 p.m. Central on April 4th, uh, a police officer pulled over a vehicle for improper registration, authorities said. Leolia, who was driving, got out to talk to the officer. The video, uh, the videos include approximately two minutes and 40 seconds, uh, two minutes and 40 seconds of interaction, which begins with the officer walking towards the car. Uh, Leolia is seen exiting the car and is instructed to get back into the car dude i'm stopping you do you have a license do you have a license for what stopping you do you have a license do you have a driver's license do you speak english <sighs> he then shuts the door leoya confirms he speaks speaks english and says his license is in the car he opens the driver's side front door and he speaks to an unidentified passenger in the car he then shuts the door turns his back to the officer and appears to walk towards the front of the car 
no, 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 stop, stop. The officer is heard saying and puts his hand on Leonia's shoulder and back before tackling him to the ground. The video shows uh, Leonia getting up and standing, the officer drawing and then deploying a taser. The taser was deployed twice during the confrontation, but the prongs didn't hit. Let go of the taser, the officer says. At this point, the body cam is deactivated. Um, the two continue to wrestle on the front lawn of an unidentified residence. R- roughly 90 seconds later, the officer is heard yelling, let go of the taser, followed by drop the taser. Uh, the video, then a, in a video taken from the distance, less than three seconds later, the officer is heard shooting Leolia. According to audio from the video, the cell phone video also shows the fatal shot. Leolia was shot in the head, she said. Um, should be noted, this according to Ben Crump, that Patrick never used violence against the officer, even though the officer used violence against him in several incidences for what was a misdemeanor traffic stop. I'm sorry to have gone through that detail by detail breakdown for you guys, uh, but we are not going to play the video for our for our uh, our video viewers here. We are not going to do that. So it was important that you guys saw exactly what was going on. Uh, if that was a little clumsy, it's because I am, it's been a rough week and I am livid. Like I, I, uh, I'm all fucked up. Um, I shouldn't have watched the video either. Rachel, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, when we started this podcast, it seemed like every week we were talking about someone being killed at the hands of police, someone of color. Um, And then we stopped because it was becoming too much and it was becoming so heavy. Didn't mean that we stopped paying attention to what was happening because the killing definitely didn't stop. We stopped talking about it on this podcast and lined things up. When I saw this story, a part of me didn't even want to talk about it on the podcast because it is so heavy and it is triggering and it is a reminder that things are not changing in this country. But we have to do it because Leolia can't do it. We have to do it to speak on behalf of his family and everyone who's directly impacted by what happened, but then all of us who saw it. And it's just a reminder of what we represent in this country. And it's also a reminder is all these things that are happening in these legislations. And as you pointed out, which some people kind of came on to you about when you talked about the um, nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson, but you said, but don't forget, don't keep your foot off the pedal. It's these type of reminders where it's like, this is why you can't take your foot off the gas because it's still happening. And when we can't pass legislation and get on the same page to protect people of color from the police, when we talk about defunding the police, this is what we're talking about. It's not a politicized thing. It's about protection. It's about safety, feeling like you can walk in the streets, feeling like you can be pulled over for something and not think that it's going to end in death. This is what we're talking about. And this is why we have to bring this to the attention of our thought warriors and the podcast community because it's still happening. And I think that is the feeling when I saw it. And like I said, I didn't mean to watch it. I don't think I realized what I was going to see. It was almost unbelievable. And I almost had to, not almost, I had to watch it again because I was like, did I just really see it the way that I think I saw it? 
Did it yeah. really just play out that way? It was unreal because it was an execution. That's what he did. He executed him. And um, the police officer executed Leoya. It, it's just, it just, it, it took my breath away. It, uh, it was gut-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching. Uh, so that's all I can say. So I like you. Uh, I like you had the same thought. So when I watched it, or even before I watched it, when the gentleman reached out on Twitter and let me know that it was coming, I appreciate that again. I'll look up your name at some point and give you props for letting me know. He had This was actually someone who had delivered some dry cleaning to the police officers uh, in Grand Rapids, to the police station, and was told that they were getting ready for uh, very intense demonstrations the next day. So he was letting letting me know that he had heard that. So I wow. like you. I like you a little doing a little inside work there. You know, all the thought words. If you have any inside tips, hit us up. We'll we'll, we'll run with them. We'll we'll do our things. I thought about Tim Scott. Mm. Um. And I thought about my utter distrust in the American system, right, to protect black people. And you know what? No, I don't have distrust in the American. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't have distrust in the American system to protect black people. I don't have distrust. I have utter trust that they won't. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that I trust most about them. I believe in America. I believe that America wants black people dead. I'm sorry. So when people ask you, do you believe in America? Yes, I do. I believe that America wants black people dead. And a lot of you are going to, you're listening to this. And everybody knows that my head is all fucked up. Uh, but you're, you're thinking that I'm overreacting. But I don't understand why I wouldn't believe that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't get why I, like, I don't get why I wouldn't believe it. Like, th that's what's... <laughs> it's your that's reality. That's as, as American see. as apple pie. If apple pie is even American. That's, as, that's American. I believe that America wants black people dead. I believe that America... It at least wants black people in a position where our where you know our our deaths are um no i'm I'm couching it again what the fuck is wrong with me today no I believe that the country doesn't care whether or not we live or die and more than that I think the deaths of black people the situations that black people live in um end up becoming beneficial to the country to America they benefit they benefit. Uh, Americans financially, the prison and industrial system benefits uh, America's Americans financially, uh, police budgets. I think we're lamps of the slaughter. And I thought about that, which is something that's deeply held within me. But I thought about Tim Scott because we don't we don't normally get uh, we don't normally get black people in a position to to help. It's a very hard thing to get a black person in a position to help to that level. We can help uh, and we can do more in our own communities to help. But getting a black man to a national position of that type of power, the, the type of power that a senator would have, the type of influence that a senator would have is difficult. There haven't been very many black senators, black male senators, black senators, period, ever. It's hard. It's so hard. We've seen how hard it is to get a black person on the Supreme Court. We've seen how hard it is to get a black person um, elected president. We like, we like, we we literally like Russell Westbrook 
for presidents. Like we won for 45, won for 46. We like Russell Westbrook when it comes to presidents. Don't do that. Keep going. We won for 46. You know what I'm saying? So like we it's like it's 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 very difficult to get that to happen. You know? And to watch this, and I don't give a fuck what y'all say. Fuck it. To watch this utter waste of fucking space, this obstructionist, this agent, this duplicitous. Look, people say, Van, you shouldn't look at things through the lens of race. Maybe Tim Scott is doing what he needs to do. Fine. Let's go with that. What are the appropriate lenses then? Because if Tim Scott stands up there and says America first, then that's an appropriate lens to look at. That means fuck what everybody else is going through geopolitically. It's America first. Well, I don't think that I have. I don't think that there's a problem if we can say that we're going to put this country's needs and this country's uh, wants and desires. uh, We want to make them paramount in the world. And that's part of being a good, a good American. I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying part of being a good black person means you need to care about black people and you need to care about black people, especially when you're in the position to harm, to, to help or harm. Absolutely. So in this case, we're talking about the George Floyd violence and policing act. I'm not saying that there can be a federal magic wand that is ra- that is waved and it's going to change policing all over the country. I am saying we have to fucking do something. And every time there is a situation where there is a problem, I guarantee you that there is a villain. Another thing that we do over and over and over again is this people as people is we think that there's nobody to blame or we get taught, hey, where are we placing the blame? It's not that we need to stop placing blame is that we need to do it better. We need to be more intentional with placing blame. We need to be more precise with placing blame. We need to be more aggressive about placing blame. And in this particular situation, all of this stuff is not his fault. He didn't start it, but he isn't doing anything to stop it. He isn't doing anything to stop it. And the things that that he is doing to stop it, to me, is being done in bad faith. I, I read something that Michael Harriet put in the root, and I and I and I and I uh, love and respect Michael Harriet. I think he's one of the most the smartest men in America. And it was about what Tim Scott is actually bringing to the conversation. Uh, so, in a positive so, way. Yeah, what Tim Scott is bringing to the conversation uh, surrounding police violence in this country. And I read it. I remained unmoved then. And months, months later, Michael Harriet is amazing. You guys, yeah, he's please. great. Yeah, I like, like I, I remained unmoved then. And months and months later, after Tim Scott has blocked this thing, I remain unmoved now. And we might as well get the hashtags ready, because if we don't address policing in this country, these guys, these aren't the renegade cops anymore. These aren't the bad app. This is this is a nation a nationwide phenomenon of police shooting and killing people where they didn't have to. My rant is done. I'm sorry, Rachel. No, don't, it, apologize, don't apologize for a rant. Oh, wait, where are you going? Oh. I have to, uh, oh, I have to do, okay. I have this little sound wave stress thing and I have to put it on now because no, no, my no, heart. No, 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 do what you need to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't apologize for your rant. It's, it's, 
it's interesting that Tim Scott is what came to mind with with this tragedy. Um, but I'm I'm listening to you describe what Tim Scott should be, and then I think about the reason Tim Scott was elected in the first place. Tim Scott, Tim Scott was never elected because he was going to represent the needs and wants of black people, no matter if he continues to tell himself that lie or not. He is there to represent people of color, but on their side for them to be able to say, well, we've, well, Tim Scott's black and this is what he, and he stands with us. He is there to give a black voice to their cause. That is solely his purpose. And the moment Tim Scott actually does start caring and actually doing things for the black community, he is not going to hold office anymore. And so when you talk about he's motivated or you talk about looking through things through a certain lens for him, it's, it's all party focused. The only thing that Tim Scott is doing is aligning himself with the party so he can continue to remain in power and be a mascot for them and do absolutely nothing for us. And I don't want to hear Tim Scott talk about this situation and what he was bringing to the table when it came to the Justice and Policing Act. I don't want to hear Tim Scott talk about how he grew up and his ancestors because they sure, I mean, I don't want to speak for them, but I'm just saying there's no way that they could be pleased by what he's doing now, what the lack of what he isn't doing, uh, what he isn't doing for the black community. I... I don't even actually care to hear at all from Tim Scott at this point, because it is what it is. It's not going to change. Nothing's going to move him. We have seen our people die at the hands of the police over and over again. He's not moved to do anything but give his same political talking points. He's not going to help us. He's just there. He's there. That's it. He's a figurehead. He's a mascot mascot so we should say that tim scott's sticking point um that the way this went down is that cory booker and tim scott were going to be the people that were going to spearhead this this is of course according to bakari sellers who joined us on this podcast the violence and policing act was uh something that was part of president biden's agenda justice and policing act excuse me is it so it's not a pro-violence thing isn't it called the george floyd justice and policing act I know I'm just trying to backtrack for having said it wrong for all of this time. Okay. Um, the, 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 the George Floyd, uh, it would be funny if Joe Biden, we're going to put a violence and policing act and niggas is like, what the fuck, Joe? I said that like a bunch of times. I'm sorry, guys. Um, the George Floyd Justice Policing Act uh, was something that was, you know, um, uh, put together by the Democrats. And it was... Uh, another one of those things that we thought we were going to be able to do without really paying attention to some of the roadblocks that were going to be there in the Senate. Um, I think that there were a lot of people that thought uh, a slight majority in the Senate meant that he was going to be able to push through um, his his agenda without really paying attention to the nuts and bolts of what had to happen. So it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, the the two people that were that were going to be working on this together, Cory Booker from the Senate side, it passed in the House. Cory Booker and Tim Scott, and for Tim Scott, qualified immunity is a poison pill. He said that before. He was very, uh, very adamant about saying that. On the left, and most people who are looking for some accountability from police, do not believe that a substantive bill can be passed without qualified immunity as a part of it. Um, when we talked to Bakar, we didn't even talk specifically about QI. What we talked about 
was the tenor of the bill building process itself. Um, and in talking about that, Bakari seemed to think that Tim Scott was acting in bad faith from the beginning, not just on QI. If if I'm being and I don't want to put anything, put any words in Bakari's mouth, um, but he seemed to be he, he seemed to not believe in not even even the intent of Senator Scott to come to some sort of agreement on that, uh, that he was just spinning his wheels, which um, is more than disappointing. I know Bakari, who who knows Tim Scott and a lot of people who know Tim Scott are disappointed. I'm not disappointed in him. I'm pissed the fuck off. You know, I've been here all week. Been here for two weeks. As much as I love this city, it's been rough for me. It's been rough being around all this black death. Talking about all of this black death, doing all of this. Chicago is not that, but what we're talking about here in Chicago is is dealing with that. And it's hard. I just want to see us with a chance. I want to see us with a shot. I want to see more than anything. I, I want to see people care about it. And I don't think Tim Scott cares. No, no, right. no. Um, so we'll keep we'll keep you guys abreast uh, of what's going on with uh, um, with the case in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, we'll look to have Ben Crump on here. Uh, because we want to be there to support Patrick's family in any way that we can. Um, and we want to make sure that the microscope is, is, is trained right on Grand Rapids. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Um, Drewski, did you see the Drewski video? I saw the Drewski video. What were your thoughts on the Drewski video? I loved it. You enjoyed I, the video? I, I, I don't understand what the big deal is, to be honest with you. So, you know, the video is no longer, he took it down, he deleted it, it doesn't exist, but you can Google it or find it on Twitter. Um, I didn't understand what the uproar was about. I think it to me, it was obvious and we haven't heard from Drewski. So I don't know what his intent was. And it was a skit. It was a social media skit that was done. But when I watched it, I thought, huh, he's really, to me, it was a call out. To me, he was calling out guys he's either seen or known that act this way with women, whether it be at a, at a college type party, some type of party, whatever, who are quote unquote your friends, but they act like this. I've seen it. It actually made me think 
It actually made me nervous because I was like, wow, I wonder how many times I was in that situation and didn't realize I was in the situation. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I didn't. But I think more people need to see this. And maybe I understand that maybe you wanted him to have some sort of caption that called out exactly what his intent was for putting out this type of video. But I had no problems with it. Didn't see the big deal. So if you guys haven't seen the video, the video depicts um, those guys, and we all know them, who are, who when you're at a party, who are purposely looking to get the girls as fucked up as possible to try to get some shit jumping off. How they act, their rhythms, everything that they do. Uh, And the video was funny, but it was also like, it was eerie in a way. I thought it was a more serious video that Drewski had done. I think the failure of this video is much more concerning than the video itself. I think the Wait, failure of it. What it didn't show or what it didn't say. No, I think the video was perfect. <laughs> okay. I think the video was absolutely perfect. I think the fact that it couldn't be appreciated for mm. what it is, is, is a, is a much bigger problem than the video itself. And I'll tell you why this, this is what I'll tell you. So, the Drewski video probably is triggering to a lot of people who have been through that, right? For sure. It's pr- for sure. It's probably triggering to, to, to people that have been through that. Mm-hmm. My thing is, unless you believe that Drewski was doing that to, in some way, make light of it, which I didn't get from the video. I didn't either. Then my question is how in the world, if we are not, if we're not free to lampoon these things, if we're not free to, uh, if we're not free to lampoon these things, if we're not free to, to talk about them, then if they're taboo and off, off topic, then, like, how do we really get them into popular culture? And I thought about a movie that a lot of people look at and and have a big problem with. And I had a pro- I didn't have a problem with it. Then I had a problem with it. Then I didn't have a problem with it. Okay, so Tropic Thunder. You remember Tropic Thunder? Yes. Okay, so in Tropic Thunder, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character gets surgically altered to have black skin so that he could play this role, mm-hmm. right? And he's playing this role the whole time. He's so devoted to it. He doesn't see the problem with what he's doing. Right. Robert Downey Jr. darkened his skin for the role and donned an Afro wig. So uh, that's something that would get you completely destroyed now. But I guess in 2007, 2008, it was talked about a little bit, but it didn't really bother me. When I realized sort of when I came to it a little bit later, I thought to myself, huh, that's all fucked up. Then when I thought more about it, I thought about the fact that what happens in the movie actually matters. And what happens in the movie is that he is going through and doing Mm -hmm. that. And there is another black actor Mm -hmm. on set who is calling him out for that Mm -hmm. and letting him know just how fucked up he is for that and letting him know just how crazy he is for doing that and how demeaning it is to to black people, right? right. And that that that's, that actor is played by Brandy T. Jackson. Just how demeaning that is to black people. 
So in the end, the joke is actually on his character. Right. The joke is actually on his character, and his character is a send-up of the Hollywood types that appropriate culture in order to chase awards and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that 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 part should be played completely without controversy, and it's always going to bother people. Blackface always will, and I'm not, I'm not calling for the the use of blackface as a teaching tool at all. But it does matter sure. in this particular in this particular situation. The intent of Drewski here it matters, and I, I'm a little bit afraid that at some point we could woke ourselves to sleep. And I and I and and I I get what invoking the W word. And criticism that that puts you in the Bill Maher Republican <laughs> like Republican light, but I do sometimes think that in not being able to have these things uh, not be demonized, that it actually makes uh, makes it easier for us not to discuss them. It actually makes us easier to not uh, to not uh, to not make fun of the guys at the party and not look down at the guys on the party that are obviously trying to get the girls drunk. I mean, he lingers the camera on this dude for a long right. time in a very creepy, disgusting way. And it's obvious that this dude is a creep. And it's obvious that this dude is a lame. And to me, that is a way to actually foster conversation about guys like that even amongst their peers. And the fact that this pissed off so many men, the fact that this pissed off so many men who didn't, who thought that Drewski was coming after guys at parties, to me, means that it was on the right track. Yeah. And so, I, like, I don't know. I, like, I, I saw a lot of it and I, I, was, I was disappointed in it. Yeah, you know, it was, it's for me, again, I go back to a time period where I was, at a party like that, or I, I legit can remember guys saying to me, Oh, your shot, your shot is not, there's, there's one part of the skit where she pours a shot and he's like, Oh, that's not big enough. You need a real shot. You need a man shot. That's what people would say. And if he pours her a shot, that's three times bigger than his. And he tries to compare it. And he's like, see, no, 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 no. They're the same size. Take that back. And he's watching her, making sure she takes every single drop back to the head. And, and as a, Girl, when you're around your friends, sometimes you don't see, which is what I thought the genius of the video was, is that it's zeroing in on the guy and us watching it, it's very obvious what's happening. But when you're in it and you might trust, you think you can trust those people in that setting, you don't even realize what's happening to you. And that is what I like that it highlighted. It's obvious to us, it's not obvious when you're in it. And so for those people who were getting upset, you know, for whatever reason it may be, which was the wrong thing, it's going to at least make girls in that situation hopefully think twice or be more aware of what's happening and realizing you can't trust everybody who's in the room with you. And maybe guys will think twice about that type of behavior too. The only thing I saw that I will agree with, which was the criticism side, is that we shouldn't be labeling this as, oh, they're weirdos or they're lame. They're creeps, as you said. They're, it's predatory behavior. That's what you need to start looking at it as. That's not, that, we shouldn't just be dismissive that that's lame behavior. It's more than that. It goes beyond that because you're intentionally trying to do something to a woman where her, her senses are down. That's being a predator. Right. So that's important. But the reason why I use the lame word is because guys don't even compute predator, but lame they do. That's wild. 
So so like guys don't so, compute predator. So but, but I don't but, want to be a lame. They they don't ever think that they could be a predator. They don't think that that's mm-hmm. in them. They think predators are the guys that try to fuck kids and stuff like that. Like they think they they don't think they could ever be a predator. Lame to me is and by the way, you're a predator. You're lame because you're being a predator. Correct. So 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 lame to me is something that I know that I can make inroads on. Like, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like that's and this is why once again why I love the the player proof crew. Love them. Love these guys. Cause you know what we had? We've never talked about these ladies. Have we ever talked about the pink ladies before? I feel like you've mentioned it. They were our female counterparts. They were I the wish pink- they had a better name. They come up with their own name. I wish pink ladies were already taken. That, but they they called themselves the pink ladies because they 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 you they looked at us as the T birds. This was the whole thing. But you weren't. I get it. I get it, it was it. like they look. They called themselves. Look, shout out to Afi, Allison, Marie, uh, Tidra. Shout out to Candace. Shout out to all of the pink ladies. Right? Because the reality is. You you just came for them. So shout out to the pink ladies. Shout out. You <laughs> shout came for the pink ladies. Um, and when we were partying with them, and we did, we have been knowing them since high school, right? And, you know, they went through different people, different people to come in. Like, when we were partying with them, there was complete trust. Everybody would be drinking. They could drink. They could drink harder than us. There was complete trust. That was the one thing that always made, and don't get me wrong, there were relationships between player-proof guys and pink ladies, and there was love triangles, and there were there was <laughs> there wow. was there was dissing, and there was all of that stuff. But as far as anything like that, we respected them. They respected us, and that was a real good template for us as young men. We, my crew, was never like that. We knew guys like that, but we were never like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud to say that. Proud. God damn it. All right, time to talk about Mayno. You know what's <laughs> disappointing? I just interviewed him. You like Mayno? No. You like him more now because of what he said. No, but Mayno was doing a reality t- singing contest show with Macy Gray. Mm. Yeah, called Slave so, uh, Ballads. Go ahead. go ahead and tell. Go ahead and tell him. All right, so Mano. you guys know Mayno, stand-up guy, honorable man of hip hop. This is very true. Rapper from Brooklyn. Um, he was on the lip service show with Angela Yee and some kind of way he got to talking about his fetishisms, fetishizes. And this is what Mano said. No, what was the role play? Yeah. The role yeah, play. What was the role? This feels like it's going to be so wrong. It's so wrong. I'm going to tell you right now. I've oh never talked about this. Uh-oh. Ah, shit. Dun, dun, dun. I like to be like a runaway slave. Okay, no. Mano. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like to play like a runaway slave. Okay. I like to play like a, diso- a disobedient slave with a white woman. So tell me like what you say. Yes, Mansa. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I've, it's, it's, two, it's, it's, it's two of them. Like it's like me getting whooped, right? You get whooped? It's like, like I play like you whip it. But most of them don't want to play like that. This, 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 yeah, I was going to say, what white woman goes along with this? <laughs> they don't want to play like that. They don't okay. want, this is my, fa- it's like, listen, you're going to act like <laughs> your master's your, your master's uh, husband, uh, wife, wife, and I'm the running. And I lady. just got whooped by Massa for uh, eye- eyeballing okay. you. Uh, but the whole time you've been really, you know, you've you, you like me. You've anyway. been eyeballing me. Oh, uh, this sounds like some freaky porn. I'm interested. Right, this is some freaky shit. And then yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come all sweaty 
right? Just finished getting whooped. And you're going to say, no, Billy Joe, no. No, Billy Joe, no. <laughs> Master's not going to like it. He's not going to like it. That's what you know you know what I mean. This is a whole script. Yeah, it's a whole script. So, so white women have gone along with words. this and done this. He's speaking from experience. Nobody really went along with it. Like, I okay. stood up on the wall and said, come on, let's act it out. And he was like, Mano, are you crazy? Yes, you are. To answer your question. Let me tell you something. If I was on that podcast, I would have ended the interview. I would have asked Mano to leave the room, to leave the building. I don't understand how you could listen to that. And I'm talking about the people whose podcast that was, Lip Service. I don't understand how you could listen to that and actually engage, continue mm -hmm. to engage in a conversation. I mean, one of them even said, oh, I'm into that. That sounds like some freaky shit. Why are we calling people out for problematic behavior, for pro the problematic things they say? Why are we afraid to do that? If Mano had been on this podcast and he would have shared that same thing, I would have said, cut the shit. I, I would have walked out. We got we to gotta go from this. You're looking at me. You're looking at me like you don't agree with me. I do agree with you. I think sometimes people don't feel like they should call people out when they're guests. It's tough. Well, know? I guess that's what we do because it's happened a couple of times on our podcast. And maybe we're- I mean, maybe yeah, sometimes like- <laughs> That's yeah, what we like, do here. I, I'm but definitely I'm down to call people out if they're against but, my friends. But Van, professionalism, <laughs> is, out, professionalism joke, is out the window at that point yeah, because joke, even though the stuff that you're Fuck spewing out there is mm -hmm. so wrong. And it needs to be nipped in the bud. Somebody's got to let you know that that's not okay. And I and I think that there's a way that you can. But do we that all. But I, I don't want to blame the ladies for that because we all. We like you said. We've had moments on the podcast where we haven't done that. There, you know, you didn't do that with Soup Kitchen. So there, there there's, there's always this <laughs> totally different situation. <laughs> because because I'm gonna tell you right now, soup. if Chris Harrison had been on our podcast, it would have been a totally different conversation. Nah, you because I would have been I would have been in a different space to be able to give that. Yeah. We like we control. This is our podcast. We control this. That's their podcast. And to me, yeah. as black women listening to a black man fetishize, 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 oh, can I, can I speak? Fetishize. Slavery and to say what he wants from white women to do to him. And it, it just, I don't understand how you could laugh that off. It's yeah. disgusting. It's, and he's, it's not. It's not anything I want to see. I don't want to hear about. And and as a as a black woman, I'm gonna call out a black man who is clearly making light and a joke of slavery. And I just I the whole thing. I like I don't even want to talk about it. It's so, so it's so wild to me. So first of all, there's only one person I want to hear about from this. I've already talked about it, Rachel. We got to hear what Dr. Umar has to say about this. This is Dr. Umar's lane. This is Dr. Umar's wheelhouse. I almost feel lame talking about this because this is tailor-made for Dr. Umar, and I haven't seen him discuss it yet. I actually sent him a DM. Like I haven't like I haven't seen him discuss it yet. But I want to I want to like uh I want to hear him discuss it. This is the thing. I don't want to shame anybody's kinks or whatever they're into. I don't. You need to shame this one. Cut that but out. I want to say this. I want to say this. If this were me, 
And if I came to a realization one day that slavery made my dick hard, the amount of therapy that I would be in, I wouldn't be able to podcast. Remember that time I had a nervous breakdown and I had to, I was dealing with those great people from one to one. One to one was that inpatient therapy thing that I had to do where every single day I had therapy and it was like, I'll, basically, if you guys don't know, I basically was committed. Like I was committed. Like I was doing therapy in group setting every day, one to one. It was like there was talks that I would go away for a, to a facility for two weeks to deal with myself. If If one day, if one day I wake up and I'm watching slavery shit and I'm like, oh shit. I'm, I fucking love uh, slavery, slavery shit, hot, sexy, hot, sexy slaves. And that's not saying interracial porn, by the way. Normally, by the way, if you're into interracial porn, which, you know, obviously racial, you enjoy. I'm not, so stop. But, 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 <laughs> but if you're into interracial porn, the dynamic is switched. That's what I don't get. Normally, if you're into it, the dynamic is switched. It's like big black buck, which is kind of slave adjacent, but it's big black dude dominates helpless white woman. It's normally blackness wins and whiteness is getting fucked over. This seems like the opposite. This seems like it's interracial, but in this case, blackness is being dominated by he's a slave getting whooped. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, I, li- I literally cannot. Like, it's like it's like think about the, the interracial porn we see. Blacked.com, great site. You guys have been on it. Don't look at me like I'm the problem. I've put this stuff behind me, but you guys still go there. Blacked.com. It's it's a it's a white lady. She comes out and she goes, oh, I was in I was in town for a fashion show and the photographer his name was Jamal I looked at Jamal as he was shooting me and all of a sudden I started feeling feelings that my husband can't give me oh my god that's that's how every black.com video starts right and then because her husband is a poor white guy Jamal is this big black guy which is these are all racial things that are problematic but this is part of it she sub- succumbs to the power of him it's it, that's a stereotype too but it's still at least an affirming one the blackness has overpowered little nicole and now guess what happens it's 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 it's, it's on it's go time that's not what mano is talking about mano has flipped it and i don't understand why you flipped it mano we didn't we don't want you to flip it we can't flip it why would you why would we flip it it's gross <laughs> it just it just is i mean like i just it's I violence it. it's violence that's what yeah. you i mean i, mm. I just mm. don't so Damn. is he in chains is he in like i just don't understand he wants to be. it's so and and, and and it's 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 terrible Why that you, flipping, it, that you it's terrible mm. that it happens but then that you felt it was okay to public. He starts off. This isn't something I've ever talked about. No shit, Mano. You should never talk about. You shouldn't be doing it, and you definitely shouldn't be telling people that you do this. That I disagree with. Oh, you you're happy that he told. I'm not happy, but if there's something that's your truth, live your truth. Fine. Then we have the right 
to uh, comment on that. Yeah, of course. You put it out there publicly. It's gross. It's disgusting. You started off saying that Mano is a top standing. Honorable man. Take it back. Take it back now. Here's the thing. Take it back. I don't know, man. Here's the thing. Do you, do, like, I just know that he's a he's a voice in hip hop that normally, you know, whatever. Um, do you think that this right here, before we just give opinions on it, do you think that this is indicative of a deep-seated, because to be honest with you, this yes. is not, this is not that much different, to be real with you, than the reason why black men sometimes target white women there's an um sometimes black men that have white woman fetishes not that just date white women but have white woman white woman fetishes i sometimes think that there's something inside of them that is the reason why it's sometimes uncomfortable for us when black men are like that is because it seems like a surrender to whiteness it seems like a surrender to whiteness it also it seems, seems self-hatred that's what i do you feel like in this and there's a deep 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 history of this sort of surrender surrender to whiteness in all different you can do that in any area of your life right it doesn't doesn't seem very revolutionary to act like you want to be a slave and then get fucked by a white lady or whatever like call your billy joe you got a slave name it's gross do you feel that do you feel like mano if you were guessing do you think that mano has some self-hatred in himself I think you have to. Mm. The fact that you want to be dominated in that way, in that type of scenario, it's not, there's not, it's nothing wrong with domination or anything like that, but I'm just saying you want to be dominated in that for, for, to each their own. But you want to be dominated in that way by that type of person? That You can't love yourself. You can't love, like that's so, I couldn't see past that. You're You're literally pretending to be a slave. <laughs> It's just, I, just, I can't get, like, the, you're not okay. Mm. I can't see Donnie, past that. Donnie, uh, you know all about the BD, BDSM community. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts? Is this say, too far? This is a perfect submission into the Donnie sex dungeon conversation. Donnie's dungeon. Is this, do, do you and your wife ever, what do y'all do? Do y'all ever bring, do y'all ever bring like a, you know what, oh, you know what you, you know, you know what you guys could do for Donnie's dungeon, you and your wife? You guys could, uh, you guys could pretend like it's a slave revolt. Oh. And like you capture the woman, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you could just, you know, it's just other scenarios. But my wife is her. black. We would be like making love in the ruins that we created in our in our slave revolt. Is what you're saying? No, 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 no. You have to bring a third into the relationship. Oh, you have to bring it. This is this is a threesome situation. And that way, let me tell you why this works. This works twice. Number one, number two, it works to where if like your wife, like at any point, feels like you know, you're too into the white girl, then that gives her a reason to be a little, you know, push her around a little bit. Get off of her, Miss mm-hmm. Sally. You can't have Buck. You get off of him. Why and then you could be like, Buck? and then, and then you know, at the end, you guys could just leave her in the middle of nowhere or something. I don't know how y'all do it in the dungeon. Is this something, am I off base here? You're off base, but you're giving <laughs> ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, 
Get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, uh, before we get to mailbag, I want to play the most inappropriate funny clip I've ever heard before. Like, at least this year. Not ever. But the most inappropriately funny thing ever happened on the Judge Mathis show. Donnie, roll it. You object to the rumor or you object to being the crackhead? To being a crackhead. Thank you. Okay, I didn't uh, think you are now. You used to be, maybe? Never. Never. Maybe a little bit at a time? Never. Never. One rock. Never. Half. (laughs) Tried it one time. Ah, you are half. I do. I have something going on. I can smell it. I can smell it. Anybody coming here having used crack? I can smell it. I smell a little crack in you. It might have been thirty years ago. The more I look at you, the more you smell like crack. Oh my God, that that's wrong, man. Isn't that wrong? Yes, it's wrong. <laughs> Put that poor one. Okay, if you can smell it, just let her pass. Be her pass. If she smoked a little crack rock, uh, thirty oh years ago, God. let that. Let that's that not live right. There. That's not right, right? <laughs> Truly, Donnie, that's not right. Right? You can't do that. It's we wrong. can't allow that. But it's hilarious. Huh? <laughs> it's wrong, right? You can't. You kept it going too. <laughs> we should have a we should have a segment called "It's Wrong But It's Funny," because that's wrong. Yeah. That's that's funny. It, it was he he OD'd on it right when he started going too far. But when he said a little bit at the time, I'm like, come on, man. And that's really and to see that sister is really wrong. It really is wrong. I'm sorry that I laughed. But I got to be honest with you, I laughed. It really is wrong, though, right? Four votes for wrong. He shouldn't have done that. I think it's okay when you think of just you laughing, but when you think about all the people that are laughing at her, Poor that's thing. when I'm like, no, come on, Judge Mathis. Judge hey, Mathis, if, you if can't that do was that. a private conversation, but you don't, you got, you got everybody laughing at her. That's what, that's not viral. You can't do that, and you can't do that, Judge Mathis. That's not right. <laughs> but she also didn't have to admit it. it no, just, no, but, but you know she what though? But to 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 the point though, to the point seriously, the reality is this: a lot of times, you know, people that have come through something, they're different when they come through it a little bit. That's true. You know, I grew up in a community um and have been in very close proximity with a lot of uh a lot of addicts. And the thing that I worry about is if if triggering her to talk about that I thought like, about that increases the chance that she turns back to that because I remember you know dealing with people that had been in my family uh, a lot of times they would discuss like how they used to love to get high and like you have to stop them from talking about it you'd have mm-hmm. to stop them from being because you didn't want them to like uh, you know mm-hmm. go back before we get to mailbag I want to I want to I want to um Let's say something real quick. I'm, yeah, just real quick. Uh, so I'm having problems with my birthday. Because you don't know what you want to do because it's about getting older. What is No, it? my birthday is Saturday. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to ignore it completely beyond this conversation. And that's because 
this is what happens during my birthday. This is what happens on my birthday normally. My mom, like literally, texts you at like 12 a.m. 12 a.m., 12.01, she would be like, hey, on this day, 42 years ago, like I was going into labor. Okay. You wake up, you get a bunch of texts from family, friends. They start coming in, you know, around the time, you know. Um, you know, people that aren't around you here, they start talking about you, you know. Uh, and like around 12 or 1, I talked to my sister. And at the end of the day, at like maybe uh, 6.30, 7 o'clock, clockwork, as if it was his job to let everybody else have their say so that he could have the last word, my father would call. Like at the end, like he like he'd be last all the time to the point to where sometimes you'd wonder if he was building suspense or if he was going to forget. Like my dad would call at the end of the day. And, you know, because remember, seven o'clock, my time He's like nine o'clock, his time, 10 o'clock, his time, eight o'clock, something like that. Um, uh, if he if I if it's eight here, it's 10 there. Almost like just the last person of the day to call you and, and just contextualize the whole day. And I would go out and I would take a walk, you know, or, you know, I'll go lay on lay in the hammock or whatever. And I would uh, talk to my father. We have a nice conversation and it would be uh, it uh, it would be. um, Like the button, the period, like on the day, hey, you had your birthday again, it's every birthday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would talk to my dad all the time, but random times the other time. But on the birthday, he called at the end of the day. Um, and if I missed it, he wouldn't stop until he got me. Right. So he 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 leave a voice message. Call me. Call back. Now it's your daddy. Now it's your daddy. Call back. All right. Whatever you're doing, put it down. It's your daddy. Of all the things that have happened since my dad died, which was last July 4th. Um, this is the first time that I've felt an actual void. For some reason, I didn't feel it on his birthday. I didn't feel it, uh, which is a problem in and of itself. I didn't, but his birthday was so soon after. It was like literally a month and a half, two months after. I didn't really even feel it on Christmas because um, Christmas had ceased to be like a big deal in my family because we were never together. Didn't really feel it on Thanksgiving. Felt it a little bit, but like, This is, this is, this is tough. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. Obviously, I want to get older and I want to do things, but it makes me not want to have my birthday no more. It makes me not want to have like a, uh, I can't get around, I can't get around this. And this is the first time that I can't get around it. And just this whole week, having gone out there and been in Chicago and talked to the kids on O Block and and it's just been a rough week. Yeah. Um and I don't know how to do it. And I would appreciate, and I mean this, from anyone that can hear this, I would appreciate no happy birthdays. I would appreciate ignoring it um 
just for because uh, you know I know people would do it and people know like you know I, mean? I would appreciate just ignoring it. Can I ask a question? Sure. Why your birthday's gonna come and it's going to happen. Why do you think ignoring it or having to having other people ignore it and not acknowledge you will make you I don't want to say feel better, but why is that what you want? Because I don't want to have to think about missing the call. I don't want to like the birthday will now and I'm not gonna be able to do this, it's going to happen, but right. I don't want to think about like when you're most times on my birthday, I think about, or, or most days I think about who I'm going to talk to. I don't really want to think about who I'm not going to talk to like ever again, like forever. It's a weird concept. It's like, I, it's a, uh, people always ask, like, uh, I'm not the only person in life who's ever lost someone, but you guys, you know, I'm, I don't have the stability mentally that I wish I had, but people ask me what I feel like. And the best answer I can give them is it's peculiar. Hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's odd that like uh somebody teaches you how to pee in the toilet and teach you how to shoot a gun and teach you how to drive and uh teach you how to feel the ground ball and talk to you and push you and intrude into your life when they're unwanted and judge you and you spend so much of your time obsessed or existing in this person's orbit and then they're gone. Yeah. Huh. Well, if you don't want us to say happy birthday or anything like that, we'll respect that but it doesn't mean that we won't be thinking about you. I appreciate it. So that's, that's, that's what I'll say. I will respect your wishes, but we will be thinking of you. We will be silently celebrating you. But, um, I, I I want, I'm big on whatever you want to do for your birthday. That's what you want to do. I also think that, and I don't know what you're going through, you know, and I'm not going to pretend to, but, you know, I don't know. I want to talk to you after your birthday. Cause I think you just need to get, I just need, you need to get to and through the day. All right. Uh, I see already that one of the mailbag questions, you know what? Read it, Donnie. <laughs> Is it about right. the birthday? Let's go to mailbag. <laughs> mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. From Pink Mango. They want to know, hey, Van, we have the same birthday. (laughs) Happy early birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Pink Mango didn't get the memo. What are some of your favorite... Birthday memories and worst birthday memories. Do you want to? We can skip this. No, I feel like I just, you've, shared, just, you've shared. It's just some... funny. It's just I'm like because I didn't even crazy. see this. Like I'm reading down it. It's just like uh, my best birthday memory is um, 
is, and I'll, I'll tell this one story. Um, my best birthday memory is the looks on my friends' faces. This easy. I, they threw me a birthday party in 1987. Um, GSRI Street in, uh, in uh, GSRI Boulevard. Maybe GSRI Street in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And 87, 88. I, I'm pretty sure it was 87. And uh, my friends my friends came. You know, my mom was a Dixie Cup lady, so I had a lot of friends around the uh, thing. i never forget, my mother sold Dixie Cups. Uh, she had this. She had, a, she had a, a, a sign up there, and it said Dixie Cups, 50 cents. And that sign was just flapping away. Nobody ever came to get a Dixie Cup. <laughs> That song, that time was just flapping the wind, and I was—I remember looking at them like, "God damn!" And then all of a sudden, she went Dixie Cups twenty-five cent, and she had the neighborhood in a frenzy. She had the neighborhood in a frenzy. Twenty-five cents—that extra twenty-five cent was kicking niggas' asses. Anyway, um, so my friends were around, and we're we're uh we're all there at my birthday, and you know this is in Gardier Lane, so they don't really. We moved around in Gardeer. We always lived in Gardeer, basically, but we moved around in Gardeer. So they don't really know, like, how my dad really is at that point. My dad was working a lot. He wasn't, they don't, they don't really know where we come from. And all of a sudden, they're giving me all these birthday gifts. And all of a sudden, my dad, my sister, and my mom walk out with my main birthday gift. And it's a gun. It's a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And I remember the looks on my friends' faces. Like it was a it was a it was a four ten shotgun, a breakdown four ten shotgun, an actual firearm, seven years old. And um my friends are like, What is that real? And my 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 dad's looking at them like, fuck you mean is yeah, it's real. That's a man right there. That's a man. We broke it down. Put a shell in it, took it outside, boom, let one go. <laughs> like, like in the neighborhood. I just, the looks, the looks on their face, mm-hmm. the looks on their face as they see, as they saw me, because it's Louisiana, but we're still in the city. So people, they, my, my friends are like, oh my God, we like in the third grade or whatever. We're, and they're like, Van Daddy bought him a gun, like, and all throughout the neighborhood. Don't make Van mad, Van got a gun. Van will go get that gun. Go get that gun, Van. Van, like even before I was about to fight. Van, don't fight him. Go get that gun. I'm like, no, okay, we're not doing that. Um, but that was my best birthday memory. And that 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 was maybe besides the party that Kalika threw, um, you know, and oh, Kalika's yeah. obviously a big part of yeah, besides the party that Kalika's a gigantic part of every birthday. She she gets you a gift and the gift that she gets is like so amazing and you know, she she wakes you up and all of that. Besides the gift that she got, that was um that was maybe my best birthday party. Okay, next one. No more talk about me. Next one. Oh, do I not get to answer? Oh, my oh my bad. I thought it said it said to me, it said, hey Van, but yo, but go ahead. No, yeah. no, no. I mean my oh. birthday's coming up too, but you know, I you know, we we don't have to talk about that. No, 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 no. The question's for you. Let's go to the next one. All right. Uh BK Farrell on Reddit wants to know what service would you pay good money for that no one is offering? Ooh. That no one's offering? That's tough. I don't know. Do you, you have one? I would pay good money. F- 
I don't know. Almost everything I could think of. I feel of, like you were about to say something inappropriate. No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, like, uh, like, like uh, everything I could think of, I completely deflated the podcast with the dad talk. This mailbag sucks. That's what we do here. We yeah. have real well, like, This mailbag sucks. Next question. Wait, that was a terrible I question. Say something something? Real quick. Yeah. Um, what? You, I completely understand you wanting to skip uh, such a big day that like is involved with your dad. Um, my mom passed away right before Christmas of 2020. And this past Christmas, I wanted to not really acknowledge, but um, I also didn't want to take uh, my wife and her family. I didn't want to take her away from her family for Christmas. And I have a niece and nephew and I didn't want to not be around them on the holiday. Um, and it was a real struggle to not be a grump and an asshole throughout the the month leading up to Christmas and I think with your birthday being a day that is about you and how you're feeling um I feel like you're completely in in your right to want to spend time with yourself in your own mentals and um I talked to my therapist about this a little bit and she has talked about me like talking to my mom here and there like uh if I feel down just uh speaking to her a little bit and it feels weird um and I don't do it often but I do do it sometimes um and I would just recommend you do that um but I also I feel like I don't know you have the right to feel how you feel about that day because that day is about you and um I think you shouldn't apologize for it at all thank you Donnie man Donnie, if they didn't love you before, they, they, they about sure to fucking, gonna love Jesus you now. Christ. My Donnie, you came God. in like the roof. Donnie, you, 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 Donnie, you came in like fucking like Jeez. we might as well have played the very special music. Is this like growing pains? Are you deceiver dad? Like you came through like you were given <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Jesus. What the fuck is this? The higher learning family. We we hear I know, but but I wasn't expecting you to be that. You know what, nigga? Like you, you took away uh, Rach. Do you feel a little? He's so great, but you feel, I feel a little uneasy. Donnie, you were too good at that. I'm about to cry, and yeah. I just would just like to end the mailbag. No, 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 because I just uh no more so my tears and here they come. <laughs> my tears. Y'all know me. What's that say? I'm a cry. Start crying. <laughs> this, I'm emotional. Not just because of the topic matter, because I just love what we've built for higher learning. It just makes me cry. Look at Rachel going. I just love our little family. And I just think that it's just a beautiful thing where we can share certain things that maybe you can't with other people or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or we just feel comfortable expressing that with one another. And so I just I just think that this moment is really beautiful. And um, those are my <laughs> Thank you. I love you guys all so much. All right, so we're going to go. We can't do mailbag in good faith. Although I will say a a, a, a bird on IG. We're going to come back to this question next week because uh, this is a great question. But we can't we can't do mailbag in good faith. Now, I ruined mailbag. Donnie <laughs> no, saved mailbag. And 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 now we have to move on. Do you have an unexpected ally of the week? Man, I did. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember it now. I know I what really mine have. is. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Mine is Donnie. <laughs> like, I, I just changed. 
might be the first time somebody black was an unexpected ally. Mine is Donnie. Donnie. Donnie normally does absolutely nothing to help the podcast, but 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 today Donnie actually saved saved the a part. Of, he saved the podcast. He saved the end of the podcast. Uh, Donnie, I appreciate you. I really do, brother. I really it's do. It's mutual. It's mutual. Uh, all right, Rachel, who's your unexpected ally? I, I don't know. I Why should be somebody remember. like Reba McIntyre or something? <laughs> no, nothing compares to Donnie at this moment. So it's okay. got to go to Donnie. All right. You guys, we're a little embarrassed and in our feelings. So we got to go. Uh, take it, take, take it, thing caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. <laughs> Bye. We are a family like a giant tree. Reaching out for the sky